0: you're listening to the capturing the narrative podcast a podcast of information and opinions regarding teachers and their web presence the capturing the narrative podcast may be found at the give me the tools website at givemethetools.com slash ctn i'm your host mark Coleman. Welcome back to another episode of Capturing the Narrative. This week I'm going to talk a little bit about ISTE 2013 San Antonio. That begins this weekend, Saturday and Sunday was initial registration. But beforehand I want to talk about some news items that are relevant to what I was talking about last time with the teachers capturing, taking hold of the narrative about what it means to be on the net. Uh, one article I, I found this week that I thought was interesting is from the Arab News. It warned about teachers posting online, but specifically about teachers making fun of students' mistakes online. Now, I've seen it, and you've seen it, and I've mentioned things to colleagues. That answer that's not just wrong, but silly, so wrong that you have to smirk. Now, granted, you can't post anything with identifying characteristics online that violates FERPA, but... The article from the Arab News talked about posting just funny test answers and stupid test answers and how it can get back to the students. It's really not professional to call students out online. I hate that I have to say that, but it isn't. If you're a teacher and, well, the example they have posted here is a question was, how do you change centimeters to meters? And the answer was take out centi. Okay, that's funny. The kid probably intended it on being funny. The kid probably thought, I don't know what he said, what what the answer is. This will be funny. But what if a kid answers sincerely and then it gets back to them that you tweeted or posted on Facebook their answer and held it up for mockery? How do you reach that kid again? I had a student once that we were bringing up Anne Frank and he said, I've heard of Anne Frank. I said, really, what do you know? Well, she kept a diary. Okay, that was sort of funny. But it was in the middle of class. I'm not going to hold him up, and we're not going to laugh at him for that. I'm not going to mock the kid to his face. Why would I mock him behind his back online? Why am I going to mock a student in a place where it can be infinitely copied? And it gets back to them that their work's held up for mockery. Not a good thing. And that brings me on to another article I found from MindShift about teaching respect and responsibility to the, quote, digital native generation. I don't believe in digital natives. We hear this all the time. Oh, the kids are great. They are. They were immersed in all this stuff. Just because the kid can trick out his Tumblr or even knows what Tumblr is does not mean they are technological savants because they've been raised in it. They're not afraid of trying new things, Some, if everybody else is trying them. But I really don't believe that we have digital natives. And part of the way we teach digital respect and responsibility to the students is set a good example. So as we're maintaining our online presence, we don't post inappropriate things. We don't, and I was about to say, post inappropriate things where they can get back to students. If you post it online, it can get to anybody. You should know that by now. The students should be learning it by now. The best way to demonstrate this is to be respectful and courteous. And I'm not saying agree with everybody because I've gotten in some ugly disagreements online. But have a modicum of control. Don't act like you're making fun of people. Have disagreements. Carry them out without backbiting and name-calling. Attack ideas, not people. Model digital citizenship to your students. The last article I want to talk about today is about um, North Hills, Pennsylvania math teacher, Rick Roth. Now, he won an award. And uh, it's a good award. I'm, it's a, back, a Blackboard Catalyst course design award, which means he has designed a just math class for online e-learning that is great. And he ends up in a pennsylvania paper on their website talking about the award and what he's doing with his class this is an example of capturing the narrative this isn't about how teachers aren't living up to our expectations how schools are failing our students it's about a teacher who has gotten out there now it's the newspaper i'm jaded i think they're dead But here it is. There's a whole group of people that aren't online denizens that see this teacher doing innovative things in his classroom online. He has grabbed hold of the narrative, and that's what we have to do going online. Now, granted, going online didn't capture the narrative about this point, but it's all part of the same narrative. Go online, get out there, and show what amazing things are going on. Now, I'm recording this on Friday, the 21st of June. Tomorrow, I get on a plane for San Antonio. I'm going to try and catch some of the unconference before ISTE tomorrow afternoon. And Sunday begins ISTE, International Society for Technology and Education Conference 2013 in San Antonio. If you get this in here, uh, I'll be there. I'm going to be the guy with the GoPro camera attached to his backpack strap, so look for me. What am I looking forward to seeing at ISTE this year? Um, I'm going to check out all the e-learning alternatives on the floor. Uh Schoology, I know, will be there. I saw them last week at the Alabama EdTech Conference. I'm sure Blackboard will be there. I'm sure there's going to be tons of systems I've never heard of there. E-learning tools, Web 2.0 tools. Here's a problem I have with these show floors at these conventions. First, I believe they portray schools and technology in schools poorly to the general public. It makes it seem like we're swimming in money. A lot of these vendors at ISTE won't be there in five years. What's going to happen to the people that say, that's great, I want in on that, and they sign up, they spend money, and five years from now, when the company's gone, they're locked into this platform with closed data trying to figure out how to get it off. People I want to talk to, people representing Moodle and Sakai and open source tools like Joomla, they're not going to be there. Why? Because it costs money to go on the floor. And these companies make and these companies are open source companies. They will not be represented at these conferences. And so everything there is a paid solution or a preview free view solution like schoology you can get it free accounts for your kids and for your classes but they don't but they're trying to sell the upper tier to the entire school or the entire system that's a big problem i have with these they sort of change the narrative of schools dumping money into technology that some of which will not be around Even the stuff that will be around in some ways won't be around. Hey, let's buy brand new iPads for my entire school system right now. How many of those are running and working in three years? How many of those can run whatever the latest and greatest operating system and apps will be in three years? Oh, we got to do it again. It's a money pit. We need commodity price devices. We need... $50 $50 a piece, machines, before this happens everywhere, before our digital divide pro- problem is really locked down. When I get back from ISTE, plan on a ISTE update, tell what I saw, who I ran into, things like that. I spoke at the Alabama EdTech conference last week on... Going rogue, I called it, Going, doing e-learning on your own time. Many of you who've already been online and dealing with online education, this will all be new stuff for you. But if you're just taking your first steps, I will link the YouTube video in the show notes for this podcast. Uh, in fact, I'll just embed it in the show notes and you can send the link elsewhere, but it's called going rogue DIY e-learning for your almost paperless classroom. It's just an hour breakout session and the presentations there, all the links are on the page. I will link directly to it from the show notes on this episode at give me slash CTN. I'd like to thank you for listening to this second episode. We'll be back next week talking about what we saw at ISTE. Remember, if you're not sharing what you and your students are accomplishing in the classroom, no one will know. You have been listening to the Capturing the Narrative podcast with your host, Mark Coleman. Capturing the Narrative may be found at givemethetools.com slash ctn. Questions or comments may be sent to jmarkcoleman at gmail.com.